Okay, let's get right into it. So, today, first podcast ever, we're going to make it simple. We're going to make it general. We're going to make it easy. Everyone's confused. Everyone. When it comes to dating between 20 and 30, you know, a little below, a little above, shit is confusing. So confusing. Because no one really knows what's going on. And there are so many things that affect that. And we're going to first talk about something a lot of people may not contribute to this problem. Is so many broken households in this country. For instance, one in four kids under the age of 18 currently are raised without a father. And then we see this this difference in men, this vast difference. Because mo- a lot of them, a lot of them are getting raised by their mothers and solely their mothers. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's honestly a great thing because men need to understand women more. But then the problem is the man then doesn't understand himself more because it's it's really hard. Well, no, let's just say it's almost impossible for a woman to raise a man to be a man because that's not necessarily how that's going to work out. If anything, that man is just going to become what his mother thinks a man should be. And I think a lot of people are starting to see that women are starting to have these skewed perceptions of what a man is supposed to be. And there's a lot of reasons why that is true as well. But let's stick to the households for a minute. If all these men are getting raised on how their mothers want a man to be, odds are mother's going to be raising a kid that's strong, sturdy, reliable, but he doesn't really know how to, I guess, handle his own emotions, handle himself. He's taught, oh, well, you're the man of the house. You got to take care of shit first before you worry about yourself. And that's true in a lot of senses, in most cases, actually. But for a man to have a proper balance, he truly needs to understand his limits. But these women are raising men to feel like they don't have those limits, which causes them to break. And it's terrible. And now, let's take the same situation, but a woman's raising her daughter. Great, you think everything would be perfectly fine, but yet it's still not. Because then these women don't have a good perception of what a family man is supposed to be like. You don't see that interaction between your mother and her husband, your father, the one she loved enough to have you with. A lot of the times, all you see is the detestment between the two, how they really don't like each other. And how is that supposed to make you feel? A lot of kids in that sense then feel like they are the problem, that marriage itself just is impossible to work out. And it's not. It is just so incredibly difficult. Because to marry someone, you are giving yourself to them. You are saying, I am yours, you are mine. But a lot of people don't like that concept of yours and mine because they don't want to feel feel like property. They don't want to feel possessed. But to be honest, in a marriage, that, that 
it is how it should be. You're living with each other. You're spending all this time with each other. You are sharing the same safe space with each other. And a lot of people don't view their marriages as their safe space. If you're living with someone, that is your home. Your home should be your safe space. The space you go to when everything seems like it's falling apart. But if in said home, there's this individual who you're sharing the space with, who you don't feel like you could talk to or be you know, vulnerable or safe around, you shouldn't be in that situation. You should be able to tell your partner whatever. Tell them whatever. Be with them whenever. Just let yourself go. Put your guard down. Let them know, hey, I am hurting. But if you are too afraid to because of how they will view you as they might view you as weak. They might view you as not a man. This goes for women too. If you have a rough day at work but you're afraid to come home to your man. And tell him how terrible this customer was to them. Because you know he's just going to sit there and ignore you. What is the point of having them there? It's not how it should be at all. It should not end up to the point where you're going to your job. Complaining about your home. Your safe space. That means it's no longer safe. And it's good to have... Let's, let's backtrack back to the households. It's good to have two parents, even though they may not be together. Because you know what? It teaches the child the importance of said safe space. These parents did not feel comfortable living in the same household as each other. But they share you. Because you, you're not a part of that issue. It's between them. But then again, the parents have to make that clear. Not that they detest each other. Because clearly you can't hate each other and try to co-parent a child. It's going to end horribly. You have to make it clear, like, hey, we love you and we love each other. But when we're together, it's not what it should be. Teach them the values of a home, of a safe place, of a family. Like, I'm a big advocator for doing whatever is in your power to still co-parent a child. Because you really need both sides. You really need a mother or father figure. Not saying it necessarily has to be, you know, man, woman. Mother, father, figure. You need two different individuals with two very different sides. Because in this society, men and women are treated incredibly differently. And a child needs to understand the differences. But if you only get one side, your opinion is going to be very skewed. Incredibly skewed. You're going to view things differently than what they really are. A lot of single mothers, their problem is they constantly, and I mean constantly, will badmouth the father. Sometimes it's deserved. But a lot of times, it's not quite necessary. Because then all you're telling people, all you're telling your children, is how terrible this man, who was apparently good enough to have you bear his child, was. And honestly, we're going to have to have a talk, man, because a lot of y'all need to step up. Stop putting yourselves in these bad situations. If you are not ready to be a father, then handle your shit. You can't just say, oh, it felt so good. You are a grown-ass man. I don't care how good it felt. It's not worth 
having this child go so long without a father figure. It is sickening. I don't care how much you don't like the woman. You clearly liked her enough to do what you had to do. And now you must take responsibility. Or maybe she doesn't want to. And honestly, I'm sorry, the state the state of how that all works is the state is in, but it still does not take responsibility away from you. You must be responsible. Don't put yourself in a position where you're forced to take responsibility because you know that's how it's going to work. So keep yourself out of it. Do what you can to prevent it if you know that's not what you would want. Now, if things go bad later down the road, all right. But you still have to take responsibility for it. That child's still there. It's not like they just disappear all of a sudden because you start to have a problem with your significant other. You have to work things out. You don't go to a job, get a new hire, but then all of a sudden it's not working out with you and one of your colleagues who's been there just as long as you. You don't just abandon said new hire and just worry about that other person. No, because you know this person, they're new to this. And you're responsible for them. They are new. They just got here. You need to show them how things are done. And if anything, that discourse between you and your significant other should motivate you to show them how to prevent that. In a positive way, though. There can be so many positive things said about negative situations. Like, instead of just bad-mouthing your significant other, saying, well, oh, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, say, hey... You really want to look for someone that's going to do these things for you. You see how different that sounds? Without bad-mouthing anyone? And you don't know how it is on the other side. Especially if you're in the broken household, you don't know what they are doing. But you're just going to bad-mouth them. And honestly, the kid's just going to look at you both like a bunch of clowns when they get older. And realize you're both just sitting here just bad-mouthing each other for what? They could view you both as amazing parents, but you just sit there and hate each other. And it makes them hate you both. Because it gets to the point where it's childish. You have other things to do. Bigger, better plans. Than just... These these children are so important. And people don't seem to realize that. Someone came up to me and they said, Hey man, I feel like... I can change the world. I'm made for bigger, better things. And I looked at him. Because I, he's about, he's in his mid-30s, has three kids. I told him, you know how you can change the world? Through those kids. Because honestly, once you reach above 21, if you have not impacted the world significantly or laid the groundwork to end up doing so, your chances just decrease so much. So, so much. Not saying it's impossible, because we've all heard the stories. But you got to understand that the chances just go down, man. They drop exponentially. As the years go on. But you know who still has that time? Those kids. We gotta raise them better. We gotta be there. And I hear all these stories about, oh, my baby mama, my baby daddy ain't this, that, 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 this, that. And the third. But it's like, don't worry about them. You're worrying about them too much. There's a kid right there. And people don't seem to realize they pick up on so much that is around them. If you constantly are yelling at your significant other, 
they're going to view that as love. Like, oh, my mommy and daddy, the two people that created me, that's what they do. That's how they act. So that's how things just are, right? No, it shouldn't be like that. And a lot of these 20 to 30 year olds that we have now, they're being affected by it. Because now no one knows how things are supposed to be. Because you have your household, you have what's going on on social media, you have everything. And you're like, I don't know what is actually supposed to be happening right now in this, this time span that I have. Should I be getting married? Should I be building up my money? Should I be looking for the one? Should I be saving myself? No one knows. Because on one side, you have your broken household where your mother and father can't get along. You have the movies where the princess finds the prince or some random woman all of a sudden meets a prince. Or you have this one 40-year-old virgin who's just sitting here and saving himself for the right woman. No one has any idea how exactly things are supposed to work out. And I'll tell you right now, I tell so many people... The reason that is, is because of social media. And I don't just mean Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all this. I mean every form of media. We have movies, TV shows that are constantly making a false perception of what reality is for most people. Because these shows, these movies, they're not going to make money if they make a show or a movie about the average life. They make it about the top 1%. The top 10% even will get you some money. But if you talk about or if you make a show or a movie about an average life, that's not going to make you money. That's not going to be entertaining to people. And sadly, a lot of life is not entertaining. What you have to do is you make life entertaining. If you just live your life, go to your job, come home, eat, do dinner, you know, the 9 to 5. It's boring. It's incredibly boring. But people are also confusing boring with content. A lot of people nowadays, between these ages, they feel like if nothing is going on, then something is wrong. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes just being able to simply go home to a significant other and just be around them that is incredible. That is more than enough. Because if you think about it, do you know how hard it is to truly share your safe space with another individual? Yes, people are so similar, but every single person is so, so different. And just imagine when things are at its worst, you go home to just reset yourself and someone else is there. And everything still works. You can still get that reset in. You can still find yourself. Even with another person in your safe space, that is immaculate. That is incredible. And people truly don't realize that. The importance of that. The rarity of that. Because of all these shows and everything, they meet them within the first 10 minutes. And then people also don't realize how fast-forwarded these times are, or like, this all this movie just happened in a week, why isn't that happening to me? Because, honey, that's not life. My dude, that's not life. That is the top 5 or 10%, but everyone feels like they can be that exception. All these women are thinking, well, I can get that million-dollar man to love me. 
all these men are thinking, oh, well, I can find that supermodel that will want to be with me. And I'm not telling you it's not impossible. I'm just telling you it's not that realistic. And people hate to hear that. They'll say, oh, you're ruining my hopes. You're ruining my dreams. You just want to crush me. You just don't want to see me succeed. I would love to see you succeed. But I don't want to see you waste all these upper opportunities just at that 1% chance of succession. Because then you're ruining so many opportunities. Like, say you give up a top 35% life just because you're still chasing that top 1% life. No one wants to see that. Everyone wants to see each other succeed. Some people, they're like, oh, I want that to be me. I want that to be me. Everyone, in fact, I want that to be me. I want that to be me. But you have to find joy in your own life. People find too much joy in other people's lives. They forget to seek joy in their own. And then they wonder why I can't find anyone to love me. Because you don't love your own life. How can you find someone to love your life if you don't even love it? How can you find someone that wants to be a part of your life if you do not love your life? No one wants to be a part of that. You hardly don't want to be a part of it. So why would you want someone else to come along? And then it's even worse if you want someone to come along and fix it. All that breeds is dependency. You can't live your life being super dependent on someone to fix everything that goes wrong. Yes, it's nice to have someone to depend on. It's incredibly nice. But if you can't sit there and handle your own problems on your own, then I'm telling you there's going to be such a low point in your life that is going to be horrible because maybe that person that you're so dependent on isn't there. Then what? Like I said, it's great to have them there. But people need to first realize if you want someone to be a part of your life, you have to want to be a part of your life. It's the old, you can't have someone love you if you don't love yourself. And it is so true. And people don't realize that. And the only people that say it's not true are the people that are stuck getting depended upon or having someone that they depend on. Like, the people that say that is not true, they are the ones that are in a relationship right now, and they say, oh, well, he helped me, or I helped them, look at this. I'm telling you, that'll be so bad. Either in a couple weeks, in a couple years, something will not go right. Because you are then seeking out for a person to fix some of your personal issues. And honestly, it might get better. The possibility of it getting better is you go to therapy, or they go to therapy. But for some reason... The media has skewed the view of therapy as if it's such a negative thing. Oh, only crazy people go to therapy. Oh, only mentally ill people go to therapy. No, honestly, the average person should go to therapy more, especially the ones in these broken households, which are an alarming amount of people these days. Like, people don't seem to realize you really do need different perspectives of people around you. In order to really understand the world. Because it's not all black and white. There's grays. There's purples. There's yellows. There are so many different things going on in the world. But if you only have one or two people. Showing you the way. It's not going to be that great. Like it's great. You need both a mother and a father. And you know what comes with that? Their extensions. And their extensions. You need all sorts of people. 
and then it's going to be i can only imagine how hard it's going to be for all these people right now in covid when these children are now getting isolated from other children i see a couple videos of kids seeing other kids for the first time and their eyes are just oh my gosh i've been like think of it from their eyes i've been here for so long and there are more than just these two people who are who who are they they're not on the screen. Who is that? I could probably touch that right there. What is that? <laughs> and it's so strange. Especially like these younger kids, they need interaction. They need interaction with other people. You know why? Because they touch everything. And that teaches them. Because then, say your kid goes up, winds up, punches another kid. They feel that. They're like, oh my god, that kind of hurt. And then they see what it does. They see the, the action, the reaction. They made their action. That is the real. Some you just hurt someone. Oh my! I don't. You see them crying. You're like, oh what? Well, they think, oh wow, I cry. I don't like it when I cry. He probably. Oh my! I hurt this individual. Like kids need to learn that. People still seem they need to learn that. And that also goes back broken households. How are you supposed to know what really affects a man if you never had a father in your life? You never saw what hurt him. And that's the problem with a lot of these fathers as well, even the ones that are around. You need to teach your sons, teach your daughters that, yes, men are they are big, they're strong, they're sturdy, they're reliable, dependable, but they have feelings. They cry. I'm so sick of, oh, men don't cry. Stop being a pussy. Men cry. Men can cry. It is okay to cry. If you don't cry, there's something wrong with you. If men were not supposed to cry, you wouldn't be able to. But you're created to cry. You can do it. It's okay to do it. You have feelings. You are in pain. It's okay. You don't have to hide it. But the problem is, there's a lot of these women that say, Oh, I don't want a man like that. I don't want a man that can cry. So you don't want a human being. A lot of these women, they just want wallets. They just want big, beefy wallets. Their ideal man is a man that's going to pay for everything, finance everything, take care of all the bills, get her the car she wants, but not have any, like, never be down, never have feelings, never cry, stand up for them in public, beat the fuck out of anybody that looks at her the wrong way, but never cry. Like, you just want a big, beefy wallet that's going to punch something for you. That's it. That's not what a man is. Yet they get so offended if a man were to ever say, oh, I want a woman who's just going to stay in the house, take care of the kids, do the dishes, make me food. That's terrible. You're sex as fuck if you say something like that. And it's true. I believe that. You should never expect that of a woman. But if a woman likes to do that, that's fine. If a man likes to be, you know, that force, that sturdy wall, that protector, that provider, that is fine. But don't expect that out of them. Because not all men are like that. Not all women are like that. Some women, yes, they just want to stay home. They like cooking. They like cleaning. They just want to be around the kids. Perfectly fine. Cool. You found it. But don't expect that out of every woman you meet. That is offensive. Just like you can't sit there and walk up to a black person and expect him to know a bunch of gang signs. That's offensive. Some, yes. Some might. Not all of them. You can't do that. So why is it all of a sudden okay now just because it's a man, just because it's a woman, just because it's a broader, I guess, classification of the human being? Oh, you can't discriminate about someone's race. But when it comes to them being the male sex, 
It's okay. No, 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 no. It is not okay. It's just not. And a more common one is, oh, black women, they're loud, they're obnoxious, they just want everything, they're strong, independent. Stop that. Meet them first. Talk to them first. Then make that decision of what you think they are. Don't just go in half-ass assuming. If you just go in with these expectations of, oh, this is how it's going to be, say they have a bad day. But you already expect them to be loud, crazy, obnoxious. You're going to say, oh, there it is. There it is. I knew it. That's terrible. That is terrible. Same with a black man. Say, walk up to a black man, and you're like, you, you try to piss him off. And you get him. You get him riled up. He gets angry. Oh, look at that. I knew it. They're all savages. You can't do that. So you should not do that to women. You should not do that to men. But for some reason, once it goes to the broad concept of man and women, a lot of things just get tossed out the window. And it doesn't make any sense. But it's like, oh, well, a man's supposed to be like this. Oh, a man's supposed to be like that. Oh, a woman should do this. Oh, a woman should do that. How about you just shut up and see what this individual is like? What they like to do, what they want to do. Don't just assume beforehand. The only thing you should be assuming is things that you also would not like and or want. Obviously, you probably wouldn't like to get punched in the face. So don't punch other people in the face. You probably don't like to get called names. So don't call other people names. It's that simple. But then you have the people that are like, oh, I wouldn't care. Well then, you know though, that most other people do. It's called empathy. A lot of people need to learn that. A lot of men, they're like, oh, I would love it if a woman cat called me. That's because you don't get catcalled. So it'd be a nice new refreshing feeling. Women get catcalled all the time. It gets lame. It gets boring. It gets old. It gets creepy. So if they're sitting here expressing to you, we don't like this. And you're like, well, I wouldn't mind. So I don't know why you care. You are discrediting what they are sitting here and telling you. Stop it. It's terrible. It's horrible. It needs to get stopped. People need to learn some empathy. It's not all about you sometimes. It's not all about, oh, what you would want, what you would be fine with. That's you. Cool. You express to that. But then if this woman tells you, well, I don't like that, respect that. Accept that. People are different. Similar, yet so, so, so different. And people need to realize that. When we say people are the same, that means people should be respected, treated equally, that does not mean not everyone wants to be treated the exact same. They want, some people want different things. Really the only concept of everyone being equal and the same comes to respect, comes to rights. But then you have to think everyone is different. Some guys, you can walk up on the street, shake their hand. Yeah, what's up, bro? How's your day going? Cool, perfectly fine. Others, they don't want you to touch them. They don't want you to talk to them. People are different. But all these media, all these shows, they keep showing you, well, actually, so many things are similar in the world. Look, this rich guy fell in love with this nurse or this grocery store clerk because of the way her eyes sparkled. Is that impossible? No, it's not. It can happen. 
Is it likely? <laughs> Absolutely not. But you see so many of the same films. It gets embedded into your head. You're like, wow, it's, and maybe it's more likely than, than it really is. It gives you this false reality. In a sense, I call it Disneyfication, where everything is like a Disney show. Everything's going to work out in the end. Everyone's going to find their prince. Everyone's going to find their princess. It's all going to work out. In a sense, yes, that's true, but you have to understand what a real prince, what a real princess is. A real prince is that guy that's going to go out there. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of the kids. He's going to go to work. Maybe not like his job. Maybe he likes his job. You never know. But he's going to take care of you. He's going to love you. He's going to love the children. He's going to love the family. He's going to love the bond you guys have. Real princess, same exact thing. Maybe she's out working. Maybe she's home taking the kids. Hell, a lot of stay-at-home dads are becoming a thing too. Because women are starting to make more money. Good, more power to them. But a real prince, a real princess, they're not going to care what you have. And I guess that's the real meaning that people are forgetting about in these movies. The prince doesn't love this grocery store clerk because she's pretty. It's because of what she has inside her, what she, who she is. He loves that. And finding someone that you really click with, that's what's hard to find. And that's what people are missing from these movies. It doesn't matter what their statuses are. They found the one they vibe with. The one they can be with. The one they can share that safe space with. They found that. And that is what the movie is supposed to be about. But people just see, oh, really poor girl finding a really rich man. That's what I want. Sis, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the entire point of that movie. The point is that it's hard to find someone. And you can find them in any nook and cranny of this world. As long as you're open to it. That prince didn't just shut the girl out because she was grocery store clerk. No. He was open to getting to know her, to meeting her. But people are so locked into the how many Instagram followers you have, how much money you make, you make six figures, are you six feet tall? None of that should matter. It's all about who they are. Because, I'll say it again, every single person is different. So it is incredibly difficult to find someone you could share your safe space with. But so far, it just looks like everyone's confused. No one knows what's going on. They don't know if they should be looking, if they should let it come to them. No one has a clue. But all they do know is what they want. But a lot of people want these unrealistic things. And it's starting to cause such a huge problem. Because people are, in a sense, they're, they're misvaluing themselves. They really are. Because if you work an average paying job, is it possible for you to get someone that makes five times your amount? Yes, it really is. But should that be the only space in which you're looking for someone? No, never. It should never be. It really should never be that way. You should never enclose yourself into a percentage of people and say, these are the people. You know, yes, obviously, there is that sense in sexuality where, yeah, if you're straight, you're only going to go for, you know, straight people. Yeah, that makes sense. But if it comes to financial capability, why are you limiting yourself in that way? What if you lose your job and then people just write you off? I, you wouldn't think that's very fair, right? Nothing's changed about you. You just got to work your way up in, in some other 
area or field. Nothing's changed. You're still the exact same person. You just got to work your way up again. Or you just got to go somewhere else. But then all of a sudden, you're just written off by all these people. That wouldn't feel great at all. You're like, well, what the fuck? Why? I didn't do anything wrong. Nothing bad is happened. I'm still great. It's like, nothing has changed. What the hell? But for some reason, people put so much value on this stuff. Or they put so much value on how much exposure can I get? How good will I look next to this person? Because, yeah, there are a lot of pretty cashiers. Trust me, there are a lot of pretty cashiers. And then there are a lot of pretty-ass supermodels. But for some reason, everyone's like, well, I want to, you know, limit myself to only these supermodels. But why? Why must you do that? Because if you think about it, odds are, if someone really looks that damn good and with that type of value, they're probably taken. Or you know what? There's probably so many other people who are only trying to limit themselves to that. So if anything, you're really lowering your chances drastically. But if you're just like, hey, I just want to find someone who I'm attracted to that'll like me for who I am and that can, you know, work with me to accomplish what we want to do. Some people, yeah, I want to have a family. Some people are like, hey, I just want to be able to have enough money so when I'm old, I can just do what I want. They don't want to worry about kids. That's fine. Find someone that's like that. Because if you think about it, a lot of these top class people, once they're past a certain age, kids are out of the option if they don't already have them. Especially women. A lot of people just seem to forget, or a lot of women themselves forget, your clock is ticking. You have a clock. It is ticking day by day. So if you want to have them kids, you sadly don't have that much of a choice to be picky once you get on older. Once you get up in those years, that clock's ticking a little faster. And honestly, if you find a man that's willing to just give you a baby in the first month you meet him, probably shouldn't be with that man. I'm going to tell you that right now. You probably should not be with that man. And men, same thing. If there's a woman that's willing to let you put a kid in her after a month of being with her, probably shouldn't be with her. You probably should not be with her because it takes time to learn about who a person is. It really does take time. But in order to learn who a person is, you have to view them outside of their base value but for some reason base value is all people really care about they're like oh he makes this much oh he has this many followers and he looks good shit that's what i want it's like okay but like do you know him do you know what he likes do you have the same interests like say you like going out to museums and doing all the shit meanwhile this guy's a, a gym jockey he just goes to the gym all day don't think that's gonna work out but since he has all this money, you'll just forego everything you want. And then you know what that leads to? A not happy relationship and cheating. Because you're not satisfied. You're not happy. It's the base. It's a big problem in a lot of things. People only view their relationships for their base value at the very beginning. And then realize down the road, damn, I am not happy. My needs are not getting met. I just wanted to go to one museum a damn year. And we can't even do that. Or I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. But then the other problem... The other problem, we poked at this earlier, is people confuse content for boredom. Living a life, sometimes, yeah, it can get boring. But if you can go home after your job, sit next to your significant other, put on a movie, not even say a word, someone cooks dinner, maybe dinner's already done, maybe you're like, hey, I'm going to order this out, they're like, cool. 
that is the life. That is good. But other people are like, oh, that's really boring. You didn't do anything. You haven't gone on vacation. Like, no, you don't always have to do something. You can just live with each other because living is a gift. And if you could share your life with someone else and be content, that is so rewarding. It is so great. It is amazing. But people get so confused with these weekly TV shows where drama's happening every day. She cheated on him. She did this. He did that. He threw this. She fell off this. It, It's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. Honestly, maybe the most exciting thing is the the wife dropped a vase. The, the, the husband accidentally hit his head on the door. Like, life's kind of boring. You make it exciting. If you can live with the one person you could share your life with, that is exciting. That is rare. That is amazing. Like, people don't really realize the effect it has on your life expectancy or your overall happiness. If you can simply view your home as your paradise, as your safe space. If you can just simply go home to your significant other, knowing this space is good, this space is love, everything is so great. And people don't know that because that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the next best thing, the next excitement, the next big thrill. That's all they want. But then... All of a sudden, you realize down the line, after a couple years of this shit, you're drained. You're tired. You don't want to fight anymore. You just want to relax. You just want to sit home. You just want to watch Netflix. You just want to eat some popcorn. You don't want to do all this stuff anymore. Shit gets draining. It is so draining to constantly have stuff happen. Like, if we were really meant to just go, you know, there and there and there and there and there, don't you think we wouldn't need to sleep? But we need to. Sleep is so important. And yeah, some people will say, oh, you got to sleep less. You're, you're wasting your time. You're doing all this. That all depends on what the hell you're doing. But yeah, if you're the average person, sleep, bro. Sleep. Spend some time just relaxing. Do something every now and then. I like the rule of two. I'm going to share this with you guys. I like the rule of two. Every two weeks, go out. Go out to eat. Go out to a park. Go do something. Try to, at least. Every two months... Spend a weekend together, just doing whatever, like spend, like put effort into said weekend. If you live with each other, obviously you're going to spend the weekend with each other, but put effort into it, you know, go spend it at a hotel, go spend it at a theme park, go do something. And then every two years, try to spend a whole week together. Like, I feel like that's an appropriate amount of time to be putting forth all that energy into someone. Not too frequent. It's not too expensive on the wallet. And it's, it's in a sense, something to look forward to. No matter how bad those weeks are going, you'll know, oh, shit, my, my weekend is coming up. But if it gets to the point where these weekends, these weeks, these nights, they become more of a stressful thing, and you're not looking forward to them, you know something's wrong. Because you should always want to look for those intimate times with your partner. And intimacy isn't always sex. It could be simply... You know, watching a movie together, spending that close bonding time with each other, that's intimacy. Getting to know them even more, deeper, longer, further. Truly learning someone, that's intimate. That's what intimacy is. Truly really digging their skull, finding out what they're interested in, what their goals are.
what they want to be, what they want to do, how they want to raise a family. That's so important, too. People don't realize. You really need to know how you want to raise a family. Like, you two may be great for each other. But if you can't really agree on how children should be raised, I'm sorry. That's an issue. And that has to get worked out beforehand. Because, <laughs> I don't know if you figured it out then, most of parenting is done on the fly. No matter how many books you read, no matter how many people you've seen have kids, once you have your own, pff, whole new ball game. Entirely different playing field. That shit is different. Once you feel that connection to this tiny human being, most of the shit you've been learning, trying to teach yourself, out the fucking window, because this little thing is all that matters. This little human. People need to realize that. And people are like, oh, well, I pretty much raised my brothers and sisters. Yeah. As their older sibling. Not as their parent. Not as their sole provider. That's the difference that people really need to understand when it comes to parenting. You don't just jump into it because you love the person. You start to parent when you feel like you can. And I have so much respect for people that have been together for years, but they don't have children. And if you ask them why, they'll say, we're just, we don't want kids. We're not ready for kids. That is so respectable because there is so much pressure on people these days to have children. There is so much pressure. But if you just rise above that pressure and think about what is best for you and what would be best for said family, that takes so much. Because everywhere in the media, it's, oh, this person's having kids. Oh, this person's having kids. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. And everyone's like, oh, I want my own. If you can't handle that, then don't do it. Because it'll make things so much worse. And I feel so bad having all these kids in adoption centers. Having all these kids that are growing up in these households confused, baffled. They're just, they don't know what's going on. And that's what we're seeing right now. All these 20-year-olds, all these 30-year-olds, they're sitting here. And they're like, alright, what do I do? Where do I look? There's just such a rush. There's just a massive rush to get the, get shit done, get shit done. Now, yes, 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 I did say earlier. Women, you have a clock. But... You have to realize what that clock is. Because a lot of women, they're just like, oh, got to get done now. Got to get done now. I like this guy. We've been together six months. Boom, baby, family. Sometimes that works. Because in a lot of senses, a lot of cases, a man will know if he wants to marry a woman within six months of the relationship. But then you have all these other expectations of, oh, well, now you got to save money for the wedding. Now you got to save money for the honeymoon. And a lot of people then forego said marriage because they want it to be perfect want to be able to find all the people want to be able to have all the family there have the best food and all this other stuff there's just such a focus on extravagant on above average but there's a reason it's the average and people are confusing above average and average it is it's such a gray area now because people don't know people don't know what an average wedding is because all you don't see an average wedding on TV. You see the royal wedding. You see all these wedding shows about all these half a million dollar budget weddings. Hardly anyone knows what an average wedding looks like. And it's it's sad. Because then 
Everyone wants bigger, wants better. They want the above average with an average income, with an average life that they do lead. Like, there is a reason it is average, but people view average as doing bad, as doing poorly. No, it's just average. Now, if you get into below average, then yes. But average is good. Content isn't boring. And that's why everyone's confused. <laughs> we're going to add it off there. And we'll think about what we're going to talk about next week. But with all this stuff going on, I'm sure we'll have a lot. Thanks for tuning in.